Welcome to the Early Bird Podcast Sessions. It's Tuesday, and on Tuesday we analyze the lyrics. Stefan Maillet with you at itssouls.com. And uh, you can check out at itssouls.locals.com for uh, signing up. And uh, I labor alongside the uh, East Coast Church of Christ. And you can check out the dot comments there, uh, there as well. Today we're going to be looking at... Um, a song from Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, whom I do not believe is blind, by the way. <laughs> I believe he can see. I believe, I believe there is credible evidence proving the fact that Stevie Wonder has the um, ability to see, but has been uh, playing a game on us all these years. Okay, a bit of a conspiracy there, but uh, I assure you, if you go down the various canals of the YouTube endeavor, you will find videos that uh, are quite interesting from his own friends, his own peers, alongside the Hollywood war work, yeah, Hollywood Walk of Fame there, and some of his counterparts and individuals in the music business that uh, have themselves a good chuckle on moments they've experienced with Stevie, proving that he can indeed uh, see uh, and is not blind. But uh, our friend Stevie Wonder, of course, uh, he's uh, a wonderful musician, uh, greatly talented. You know, I appreciate and enjoy and have found great entertainment in a great many of his songs. And one of them that finds itself in the catalogs of my mind in the chapters of my past life was Superstition. And I still remember... The location, if you will, it's kind of like a time machine, right? I still remember the location in which we were found in one of my friend's cars, and we were a bunch of young kids doing things we should not have been doing, experiencing the rebellion of our youth, if you will. And uh, that song came on, and I was like, this is it. This is the sound I was looking for. <laughs> it's just such a groovy, funky uh, rhythmic uh, song and his voice, uh, Stevie's voice is um, a memorable voice. You know, it's Stevie, you can hear it and uh, kind of captivates you, charms you into the uh, the waves of the tune and the notes that uh, tingle the uh, neuropathogens of the mind, if you will. And it's just a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful experience. And uh, I figured, yeah, you know what? Let's do Stevie Wonder's Superstition. Let's just talk about that if, if uh, that's all right with all of you guys. Hey, please consider liking, sharing, comment, all that kind of good stuff helps the content move further and farther, of course, for individuals out there like you and I who might enjoy this kind of session. And you can certainly check out the itinerary, which gives you the Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, and uh, what it is we do each day and the theme of the day. And on Tuesdays, well, we analyze the lyric. And if there is a song you would like for us to look at, if you'd like for me to analyze along with you, by all means, send it to me at itssouls at gmail.com. And, uh, or private message me on, on social media, wherever, whatever, and um, allow that to be put into the queue. And uh, we'll look into that. Of course, songs that are filled with foul language, I can't really address to that end, so please keep that in mind. Uh, there are certain songs that I can, of course, analyze that may have some uh, choice words that we can omit out of there, but uh, if you're going to send me an NWA song, chances are I'm not going to be able to analyze it, right? I can talk about the song, but chances are I'm not going to be able to open up the lyric and you and I follow along with it and be like, well, here's another F-bomb, you know? No, we're not going to do that. So 
keep that in mind. All right, Stevie Wonders, uh, um, superstitious. Superstitious. Well, it's just the name of the song, Superstition. And of course, there's an image of Stevie on the screen for those of you watching the uh, the video uh, alongside here, the audio. And he was young there, you know, doing his thing, pretending he's blind. And uh, there's another one here. I had another uh, photo of Stevie. There you go. A bit older there, I think inside the uh, early 70s, you know, probably around the time. I can't remember if he, I think he had grown his hair longer for the uh, superstitious or superstition time frame of the song but we're going to open up some of our friends and websites here that give us a bit of insight on the information uh, before we get into the lyric of course so let me just uh hide stevie there for a minute and open up our screen sharing and uh, that's the lyrics we don't want the lyrics right away we want the song facts yeah songfacts.com is a location i go at times it's a website where they uh well give you the facts about the song and uh, we're going to take a look at that. Wonder, Stevie Wonder, and I'm quoting here, I'm reading from the article over at songfacts.com. Stevie Wonder wrote this about the dangers of believing in superstitions, right? It's not a pro-superstitious song, it's a uh, anti-superstitious song. And to that end, I was born and raised in a location of the world where we are a people, a, a culture that is heavily enamored by superstitions. I mean, we were superstitious. I was superstitious. We, everyone's superstitious over here. Even in our, our religious worldviews, which are more you know, a mismatch of uh, pagan and some tenets of Christianity, but mostly all superstitious, mythical. Uh, sadly, we do, you know, at times claim it to be Christianity. It isn't, but uh, we claim it to be Christianity. And in all walks of life, of course, we understand that this kind of uh, also Celtic influence and, and the pagan way of, of, of seeing the world um, gives or lends or facilitates uh, superstitious ways. So uh, Wonder wrote this about the dangers of believing in superstitions, because if you're wrapped up and enamored, of course, in superstition, chances are you're not of a sober mind, you're not self-controlled with a sober mind, and that can hinder your day-to-day -day reality, the things you have to do. If you need to go to work, uh-oh, something happens, you're superstitious about it. Oh, no, uh, you know, that might hinder your capability of producing as an employer or an employee. So, you know, to that end, even in relationships. So it can affect your life negatively when you find yourselves enamored, when we find ourselves enamored in superstition. And I think Stevie's mind to that end was to deliver a message with a really <laughs> awesome, funky beat with it, you know, a rhythm and song. And, and the article continues, it says, some of the bad luck superstitious, uh, superstitions he alludes to include walking under a ladder, right? Breaking a mirror. Oh no, we broke a mirror. Said to bring seven years of bad luck. Seven years? Man, we don't live long enough to allow seven years of bad luck. <laughs> and I don't need to have that seven years. It's just a day-to-day -day life. And of course, the number 13, which of course stamps me out forevermore because I was born on Friday the 13th. Well, okay. Yeah, you can see how Christianity, the true pure form of Christianity in accordance to the inspired words we read in the Bible set me free from the bondage of superstition being born on the 13th there. Now I know it's just all a bunch of 
hocus pocus and uh gobbledygook you know in proper words here as regards to superstitions i'm just i'm not a superstitious person at all i believe in god i believe in providence and prayer and of course his holy word which took me years to investigate to make sure it was true because i was one of those individuals of the persuasion that the bible is just a, a book of nonsense really written by foolish individuals and it's a walking contradiction it's old it's archaic it's not inspired certainly it's just not real it's not true i entertained of course the idea that there is no such thing as a god and i went down that dark path for decades which of course alleviated some of the guilt that i was um, living but yeah another time another episode perhaps back to the article here it says superstition was intended for jeff beck would you know that jeff beck awesome guitarist obviously well known and honored and respected in the music business jeff beck who was brought in to play some guitar parts on the album in exchange for a song his work can be heard on the track Looking for Another Pure Love. Interesting, isn't it? At one of these sessions, Stevie came up with the riff and wrote some lyrics, and they recorded a rough version of the song that day for Beck. And it took Beck a while to record the song, and by the time he released it, Wonder's version had been out for a month and was a huge hit. Beck felt shortchanged and made some statements in the press that Wonder didn't appreciate. Obviously. And in 1975, Beck released an instrumental version of Wonders, Cause We've Ended as Lovers, on his album Blow by Blow. And the album was a hit and helped solidify Beck's reputation as an elite guitarist. When Wonder turned 21, and again, I'm reading an article here from our friends over at songfacts.com, he was no longer obligated to Motown Records and used his clout to sign a deal with the label giving him unprecedented control of his music. And ultimately, that's what a musician wants. That's the whole deal with the commonly known slang of the music industry. You sold out, didn't you? Don't sell out. Well, you don't want to sell out. You want to keep... Your royalties, you want to keep your control over your musical artistry, you want to be able to create as your mind sees fit, your emotions sees fit. You don't want no bureaucratic red tape or the socio-political oppression of the business end of things telling you, no, don't make a song like that. Yes, make a song like this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Say this. Say that. Basically, <laughs> they're taking away your rights as an artist to create as you see fit. You don't want that. You and, and, and in our day and age now, blessed with the age of technology, you don't need to sign to big corporate music entities. You can basically just be a YouTuber <laughs> and become a multi-selling platinum artist uh, over your talent. Uh, but there is a business end to it. No doubt. So he got a large share of the royalties and publishing rights, and Motown was not allowed to alter the albums once they were delivered. Good on him. One thing Motown did control, however, were what songs they released as singles. Uh -huh. Knowing Jeff Beck was about to record his version, Motown head Barry Gordy made sure it this was the first single and released it before Beck could get his out. But it's strategic warfare among the business heads there. Taking a cue from Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye, another wonderful artist who put musician, uh, musician credits on his album, What's Going On, Wonder included credits on Talking Book. On this track, Stevie played Honor Clavinet, drums, uh, a Moog bass, 
Two of his band members also contributed. Stevie Medeo played trumpet, and Trevor Lawrence played tenor saxophone. No, I didn't say saxophone. I said saxophone. Wonder worked. Uh, Stevie worked with the studio boffins Malcolm Cecil and Robert Marguliff. I'm totally not pronouncing those things properly. It's a mess. Remember, I'm a French guy speaking English words here, trying to do the best I can for him to create music outside the confines of Motown. Working at Electric Lady, they set up various instruments in a circle so Wonder could sit in the middle and play whichever he choose or he chose. These were mostly keyboards, including Fender Rhodes, piano, and clavinet. Clavinet, in a French pronunciation there. According to Margulif, right, let's just call him Margulif, uh, Wonder came into the studio with a song in his head and started it off by playing the drums, one of the instruments outside the circle. He had the drum track done in about 15 minutes, then added the bass line using a Moog bass. Quote, we whipped up the synthesizer stuff and boom, Margulif told the New York Times. That was the beginning of superstition. Working like that was like a fever dream. This was recorded at Electric Lady Studios, which is where Jimi Hendrix recorded, of course. I recognize that studio. The studios stayed active after Hendrix's death, of course, with artists like Miles Davis. I mean, come on, Miles. And Deep Purple. Would you believe they made other songs other than Smoke on the Water? And Deep Purple also recorded there. At the time, Wonder would keep the studio booked so he could record when inspired or when inspiration hit. You want to have that ability. I I know what that feels like. When your mind is creating and you have a thought and it's there and you can't reach for an instrument, it's like, I'm going to miss the moment. It's going to go. It's the same thing with writing. If I don't immediately write or take the note to what my thought is saying, it's gone in a blink of an eye. And I'm like, forever gone in the oubliette. It was a good thought. It was a good thing to write. I should have remembered it. I should have wrote it down. No, it's gone now. So at the time, Wonder would keep the studio booked so he could record when inspiration hit. Stevie's bass player at the time, Scott Edwards, told Song Facts this was not always convenient for his band. Quote, because he does not have sight, he's not controlled by daylight, said Edwards. So, quote, he may begin his night at midnight. Which is bad, because if they want you to come do an overdub or something, he may call you at 4 a.m. and say, come on in. (laughs) Again, it's all trickery from Stevie, man. We're on to you, Stevie. We know you can see. This is all to get your way and get things done your way, isn't it? All right, we keep reading from the article here at songfacts.com. Several artists besides Jeff Beck have covered this, of course. None made much of an impact until Stevie Ray Vaughan released a live version of uh, as a single in 1986 on his album Live Alive. Live Alive Live Alive and hey man, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan blessed everything he uh, uh created and it, it, it no doubt even when um covering another song of that magnitude. I mean, Stevie's going to make it his own, but he's going to bless that stuff, man. No doubt. His version is still played on classic rock radio and has grown even more popular since Vaughn's death in 1990. Now, this song incorporates many elements of rock music, which helped Wonder extend his appeal to a white audience. 
Before Talking Book was released, Stevie went on tour with the Rolling Stones, which boosted his credibility in the world of rock. Now, when Superstition was released, it was warmly welcomed on the same radio stations that played the Stones, earning wonder many new fans. Of course, a broader reach, right? To that end, please consider liking, sharing, commenting, right? Interacting with this session might allow others out there like you and I who find joy and um, uh, who find joy in this kind of uh, session themes. Okay, so uh, it was warmly welcomed on the same radio stations that played the Stones, earning Wonder many new fans. It also helped Wonder move past his image as a child star because he'd been in the business for many, many years, right? I mean, pretty much raised into the business there. This was Wonder's second number one hit in the U.S. His first was with... Fingertips, Part 2, in 1963, which he recorded as Little Stevie Wonder. But now, of course, he had grown into a more mature Stevie Wonder. And that song, again, it, just, it, it, it plays on the radio, and I have it in my collections, of course, and, and it just keeps ringing. It's just such a <laughs> captivating uh, a song. So Stevie performed this song on Sesame Street in 1973 during the show's fourth season when Sesame Street had not yet been infected by the woke dilemma. It was recorded at the show's New York studios at a time when Wonder and his band were playing lots of gigs and they treated the Sesame Street performance just like any other, extending it to nearly seven minutes. Awesome, isn't it? The Muppets would also do that. The Muppets would bring in, you know, all these artists like Elton John and whatnot. Man... We need to go back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, and even the 90s. After that, garbage. Extending it to the nearly seven-minute mark, complete with intricate musical shifts directed by Wonder. Video of the performance shows kids and puppets having a blast on the set, but the band remained focused, since getting distracted by a monster would not be a valid excuse for missing a change, right? Yeah, can't do that. Wonder was the biggest musical act to appear on the show to this point, and other top talent followed. Johnny Cash appeared the next year, and Paul Simon showed up in season 8. In later years, just about anyone who grew up watching the show was thrilled to appear, so they had no trouble attracting musical guests. Rather than straight performances, the songs were typically rewritten to fit the theme of the show to teach a lesson. R.E.M. did shiny, happy people as furry, happy monsters, <laughs> and the Goo Goo Dolls turned slide into pride. Now, the album was called Talking Book because Wonder considered the songs akin to chapters in a book that tell a story, or a whole story, if you will. On the cover is a rare photo of, of Wonder without his sunglasses on. I'm telling you, he can see. He can see! Jeff Beck finally recorded his own version of this song in December 1972 with bass player Tim Boggart and drummer Carmine Apis, Apis, Apice, I don't know. And they recorded as Beck, Bogart, and Apice, Apis. And while their album did well, their version of this song was hardly noticed. Uh, what does it say here? Doug E. Fresh. Remember Doug E. Fresh? Oh, yeah, man. I think that was still in the perhaps late or mid-80s, perhaps, or early 90s. I can't remember, but Doug, man did a rap reworking that was used in the 1997 movie The Sixth Man. Raven Simone of The Cosby Show and Disney Channel's That's So Raven fame covered it for the 2003 Disney movie The Haunted Mansion, starring Eddie Murphy. And the song has also appeared in these movies. 
The Sorcerer's Apprentice, I Am Legend, I, Robot, My Fellow Americans, Vampire in Brooklyn, The Thing. Oh, yeah, 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 The Thing, man, I remember that. And these TV shows, Glee, Hawaii, Five-O, Supernatural, and Murphy Brown. And what else is left here? Yeah, Wonder appeared in Bud Light commercials that de- debuted 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 during the Super Bowl in 2013. That's before Bud Light chose to completely tank their industry into the hole by becoming woke. And woke, you go broke. And they certainly did. And let that be a lesson to these entities and principled, uh, these uh, powers, if you will, not principled powers, but these powers, that we the people will not stand for anything of that nature. So, uh, but uh, before that whole uh, mess here, of course, in 2013, as part of the It's Only Weird If It Doesn't Work campaign, which showed superstitious fans acting compulsively in an effort to steer their teams to victory. Wonder appeared as some kind of witch doctor in New Orleans, where the game took place, of course, asking, quote, are you looking for a little mojo? And he then transports our hero to the big game, where he has a voodoo doll to help his cause. And the song Superstition plays throughout. The song also appears in the 2018 Trick, Treat, Win campaign for McDonald's, which sell the idea that you don't need luck to win. Interesting, isn't it? So there's the article from songfacts.com giving us a bit of insight and the things taking place uh, uh, with Stevie there and the song. So here, here come the song lyrics, right? I want to analyze a bit of what's taking place here and look at what's going on. Superstition. Very superstitious. Writings on the wall. Okay, we all know that, don't we? Well, we should. So... He's utilizing, of course, the um, linguistic spell of a descriptive understanding we all commonly know here in this fallen world as superstition. So it's very superstitious. Look, the writing's on the wall, right? It's very superstitious. Ladders about to fall. Thirteen-month-old baby broke the looking glass. Seven years of bad luck, the good things in your past. (laughs) And some live according to those things. I was a very superstitious person. Again, we were all born and raised in superstition over here, in the realms of the ancestral traditions, uh, uh, you know, and and the religious worldviews we were given. Uh... I didn't look at those types of superstitions. It was it was superstitious, but in various other angles, if you will. But Stevie, of course, opens up the most common ones that most who are superstitious will understand and perhaps live by fear <laughs> because of it. And they shouldn't. That's Stevie's whole thing. You, know, you shouldn't do that. When you believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer. Superstition ain't the way. And that's true, isn't it? If you believe in things that you don't understand, you suffer. Well, that's that's a powerful lyric. That's true. It's true in all facets, whether it be sociopolitical stuff, religion, your relationships, the to's and fro's and this and that's of life and, the exp- and its experience. If you believe in things you don't understand, you're going to suffer. 
if you look at that in real time and its practical application, some individuals believe all sorts of erroneous doctrines from the denominational ocean out there. Some believe all the propaganda and the twisted deceit and narrative of the media complex, if you will, the industry and the corruption of our current political landscape. If you believe in those things without understanding them, you are going to suffer. And we are suffering as a nation because of those things. Well, again, that's what's taking place. And that is indeed a section of the lyric in which I can identify very easily as a grave and serious ailment of our modern society. If we believe in things we don't understand, we are going to suffer. Superstition ain't the way. Now you can apply that in principle to every facet, not only superstition. But we become superstitious. In religious worldviews, we don't understand yet choose to believe in. Why? Because, well, mom and dad and my grandma and grandpa, we were all part of this church or all part of this worldview or this belief system or whether it be pagan, heathen, or of a Christian nature. If it's not accurate to the text and the rightly handled pen of the Holy Spirit, the 66 books of the Holy Bible, of course, the perfect law of liberty, if it's not based in sound logical reasoning and inspired word and history and account and example and command and all these things, my friends, we're going to suffer. And that's exactly what we have in this fallen world, a suffering. Why? Because we choose to believe in things we don't understand. I needed to understand Christianity. I needed to understand it in order to believe in Christianity because you weren't going to make me believe in this old ancient book written by archaic individuals that there is a God and there's a man named Jesus who apparently was the Messiah and the Christ, the God, God on earth. Yeah, right, sure. Yeah, science science got rid of all that nonsense, did it not? Yet why do people believe in that? Well, I need to ask more questions. I need to seek and I need to be honest with it because, hey, I'm, I'm willing to believe in whatever is out there if there's evidence for it. And therein began the journey, of course, looking into things and having uh, a humble mind to see, well, you know what? I think there's more to it than I thought. And now, of course, 12 years later, yeah, I can defend Christianity in the image of the scripture, not in the image in which man created by themselves and therein find the umbrella of quote-unquote Christendom and the ocean of uh, uh, denominationalism. No, not at all. And I'm not, that's not a hit against friends and coworkers and neighbors and family who are members of denominational organizations. Uh, some of them kind, upright, decent individuals and human beings. I have no problem with the human being. I am, of course, attacking what they believe in, though. Why? Because they don't understand what they're believing in and they're suffering for it. No, I had to be able to defend what I could believe in. And I was not going to believe in something I could not understand. And I encourage all of you to go through that journey. Don't take my word for it. Don't take those crazy TV evangelists either, or any heathen or pagan influence. You have your own thought, your independent, accountable mind. You do the studies. Even Stevie Wonder understood these very things. And he wrote it right there. Look, when you believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer. Yeah, right there. That's a true statement. That's real. Don't do that. 
Don't do that. Superstition ain't the way. And he continues and says, very superstitious. Wash your face and hands. Rid me of the problem. Do all that you can. Keep me in a daydream. Keep me going strong. You don't want to save me. Sad is my song. When you believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer. Superstition ain't the way. Very superstitious. Nothing more to say. Very superstitious. The devil's on his way. Thirteen-month-old baby broke the looking glass. Seven years of bad luck. Good things in your past. When you believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer. Superstitious. Superstition ain't the way. No, no, no. Very superstitious. The devil's on his way. If you don't understand the devil and who he is, you will certainly believe in things you don't understand and suffer. <laughs> it's interesting that you can actually study who the devil is through an inspired word. And once you understand the descriptive nature of the devil, you need not fear him. Now you have to respect him. He's been a while, he's been here for a while and he knows how to deceive folks with his lies. He's a murderer and a liar. He has been from the very beginning. But once you understand who he is and his descriptive uh, uh, force and his agenda and his motive, then you need not fear the enemy. You understand who the enemy is, so you can defend yourself from the hostility of the enemy. Understand what superstition is. It's not an active a reality. It's a creative thought based more so on emotion or... Uh, how should I say, misguided intuition. Superstition is misguided intuition. It's misguided and can be greatly deceptive and can bring us down paths we don't want to go down. And again, we can suffer at the hands of these things if we're not paying attention. Stevie you know, knew, the, you know, even in his career and the things he experienced and whatnot, uh, he knew enough of that to, to uh, write that lyric, and, uh, well, we got to analyze it, didn't we? Very superstitious. Man, I just, I'm going to have to listen to it again, you know? Hearing it now, it makes sense. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right, well, that'll do for uh, this session here. It's a quick song. It's not this massive tomb, tomb, no, tome, this massive tome of information that we need to decipher somehow. Or uh, It's quite to the point. It's very short. It is a beautiful uh, uh, melody. I like the funk, the song with it, and it, and it rocks, obviously, in, in, in a great many ways. But uh, please, friends, listen, um, consider supporting this kind of stuff, this work. You can do so. Let me put up, put them up on the screen here for you as well so you can see where we're going here. AddedSouls.com, of course, the website. And uh, AddedSouls.Locals.com. You can sign up there for free, but you can choose to support monthly. No amount is too low or too high. It certainly does help us here. And the work we're doing and the studio and the, the content we produce, um, it really helps a big deal. So if you find value, if you find substance, if there is something we are doing that you find worthy of your financial support, please send it our way. We work hard. We work hard. We wake up at five and we're typically only sitting down to relax around nine. We work hard and we love working 
and it's a beautiful thing. And God's blessed us through his grace. So by all means, please, if you find any worth, consider supporting. There are also the PayPal option at its souls at um, no, at its souls at gmail.com. If you want to send a donation that way, you can do that. Uh, we can have a conversation. You can reach out to me and we can have a video chat or a phone call or whatever needs to be done, right? Everything's um, transparent and available. All right. Well, I think that's about it for today's session. Tomorrow, Lord willing, we will continue our studies in the book of Genesis. And that's been a wonderful journey in the book of Genesis. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen there. It's been a while. Again, I've been away for almost a month, if not a month. So I need to kind of restage my mind and get things operational that way. And of, of course, in this new location, I don't have uh, the same room I used to have for my studio. So um, as you can see, there's not many colorful things in my background yet and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, hopefully as we grow stronger and the support uh, flows forward, uh, we'll be able to uh, do some wonderful things there with the visual uh, and whatnot. That okay? Stay focused, stay positive. Lord willing, tomorrow we'll see each other for studies. Peace out.